This episode is brought to you by Better Place Project Merch, as we now offer BPP men and women's t-shirts, hats, coffee mugs, and more. But our terms and conditions do state that whenever you wear the BPP logo, you agree to be kind to all those around you, because Better Place Project is the uniform of kindness. So get your kindness mojo on and order yourself some swag at betterplaceproject.org. Post a pic of yourself in your swag on Instagram and tag us to help us spread more good vibes. And speaking of good vibes, another way you can help us support the show is to give us a five-star rating and write a quick 30-second review on Apple Podcasts as that really helps us get the word out and spread yet even more good vibes to more good humans. Thank you all so much for your support. It really does mean the world to us. And now, enjoy this week's uninterrupted episode. Feel Good Friday. Make the world a better place. Feel Good Friday. Make the world a better place. Hey, hey, I'm Steve Norris. Welcome to Feel Good Friday, where every Friday we have a really short episode sharing a story that you can listen to while you brush your teeth. And hopefully, it'll make you smile or perhaps inspire you. But most importantly, we hope it makes you feel good. This week's episode is not your typical feel-good story. Although it does have a happy ending, I must warn, it is only suitable for a mature audience, as unfortunately, this story involves the sensitive topic of suicide and mental health. But I feel it's worth sharing, as it may just help someone out there struggling with some of the issues that professional baseball player Drew Robinson has struggled with. You see, Drew Robinson had everything. Charm, humor, looks, athleticism, a professional baseball contract, everything a young man could dream of. Yet in spite of all of this, he hated himself, hated his life, and wanted to die. On April 16th, 2020, Drew put the finishing touches on a farewell note to his family that he had been working on for some time. He wrote, I hope eventually that you guys will realize that no one could have seen this coming to prevent it because of how hard I try to hide it and that it's no one else's fault. He signed the letter, I'm sorry, Drew Robinson. He then spent the day cleaning up his home because he didn't want to burden his family with another problem. As written by Jeff Passan of ESPN, his final hours melted away. Around 5 p.m., Drew felt a rush of adrenaline. It was time. He grabbed his handgun from the nightstand. He placed the note on the most visible place possible, the kitchen counter. He jumped into his truck, planning to drive to a nearby park where he had settled on doing it. But that felt wrong. He tried another location. He decided he didn't want to die in his truck. He drove home. Drew sat on his living room couch. He poured himself a glass of whiskey and then another. He stopped. He didn't have an alcohol problem and didn't want anyone to surmise otherwise. His thoughts crashed into one another about what it would look like and whom it would affect and who would find him. He was alone, alone until the end. At about 8 p.m., in one uninterrupted motion, he leaned to the side, reached out to the coffee table, lifted the gun, pressed it against his right temple, and pulled the trigger. That was supposed to be the end of Drew Robinson's story. 
Over the next 20 hours, he would come to realize it was the beginning of another. At just past 8 p.m. on April 16th, Drew looked around, and he was confused. What happened? Why am I still here? He saw blood everywhere. He wanted to wipe it up. Get off the couch, he told himself. Maybe someone will want to keep it. He lay on the hardwood floor. 30 minutes passed. He held his head, tried to stem the bleeding. He grabbed a dirty towel. It didn't help. He decided to shower. When he stepped in, disorientation hit. He slipped and smacked his head on the handle, square on the entry wound. It still didn't hurt. How? Why? He curled in a ball on the shower floor. The water ran over him. He dried off and collapsed on his bed. The blood in his mouth turned his stomach, so he returned to the bathroom. He didn't want to throw up on the carpet. More cleanup for his family. As he bent over the toilet, his head struck the porcelain. He peeled himself up and tried to brush his teeth. How ridiculous, he thought. Guy with a hole in his head brushing his teeth. Instead, he glugged mouthwash to drown out the taste. He shoved toilet paper up his nostrils to keep the blood from dripping down his throat. Back to the bedroom. It was around midnight, four hours after he pulled the trigger. As Drew closed his eyes, he thought, this is where I'm going to die. At 7 a.m. on April 17th, Drew woke up and the pain finally hit. When he moved, pieces of his face shifted. He considered getting the gun and trying again. He decided to shower. He didn't fall this time. He returned to the bed, slipped in and out of consciousness. Hours went by. He heard his phone buzz. He didn't bother looking at the messages. The pain worsened. He tried to sit up but collapsed onto the floor. He was thirsty. He mustered the strength to stand. He lurched into the kitchen, filled a cup with water, and to help with the pain, swallowed one Tylenol. He walked by his coffee table and saw the gun. He grabbed his phone instead and walked toward his room. On the way, he stopped in the bathroom and looked at his face. It was unrecognizable. The bullet had mangled his right eye. He thought about baseball, if anyone could play with one eye. He wondered if thinking about the future meant he was trying to survive. He found a box of band-aids and used some to cover the wound. He started asking questions, different ones than before. That single Tylenol pill, was it some subconscious message that he wanted to heal? Around 3.30 p.m. on April 17th, Drew was sitting in the same spot on the couch where he had shot himself. On his coffee table were his gun and his cell phone. He picked up the pistol with his left hand. He held the phone in his right hand. The numbers 911 punched in. He could pull the trigger. He could tap the green dial button. He kept contemplating, his mind racing. He thought about Diana, Daryl, Renee, Brittany, and Chad. He thought about baseball. He thought about the past 20 hours. How, why am I trying to survive? It came to him, he says, in an instant. I want to live, Drew told himself. He didn't question it. He couldn't let the companion in, not now. Before he hit send on the phone, he swiped back to his home screen, opened his camera app, switched to selfie mode, and took a picture. He wanted to memorialize the moment he chose life. Drew called 911. It was 3.44 p.m. Here is an excerpt from an ABC News report on the story. 911 emergency, please. Fire medical. Tell me exactly what happened. Everything about this story is so improbable. Was there any serious bleeding? So impossible on paper that 
I'm lucky to be alive. 29-year-old Drew Robinson is using an extraordinary comeback to change a stigma and save lives. This is my first time really talking about it. I'm here to tell anyone that mental health battles and disorders do not define who you are as a person. Your mind is your servant, not your master. Why do you think you survived? Because I'm supposed to help people. This was a huge sign that I'm supposed to help people get through something that they don't think is winnable. I'm meant to be alive. I'm meant to be alive. I'm meant to be alive became Drew's mantra. Not only was he meant to be alive, he was meant to thrive. Against insurmountable odds, now with only one eye, Drew fought his way back to the baseball field and made it back to the professional level. He retired in 2021 and accepted a job in the San Francisco Giants front office as a mental health advocate. Even though I have one less eye, I haven't seen things this clear my entire life, said Drew. I'm supposed to help people get through battles that don't seem winnable, he told Jeff Passan. This was completely supposed to happen. There's no other answer. It doesn't make any sense. It was supposed to happen. For anyone out there having a hard time and feeling that there is no hope, please just hang in there and talk to someone because things can and will get better. And you, like Drew, are meant to be alive. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or is in emotional distress, contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255 or at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. If you enjoyed this story, we ask that you share this episode with a friend. Give us a five-star rating and write a quick 30-second review on Apple Podcasts as that helps us spread good vibes and get the word out to more good humans. If you have a great Feel Good Friday episode idea, please shoot us an email at betterplacepodcast at gmail.com and it may just end up on the show. For behind-the-scenes info, please visit our website at betterplaceproject.org and on Instagram at betterplaceproj. I will be back next Tuesday and every Tuesday with another full format interview episode. And we'll see you right here next Friday with a brand new edition of Feel Good Friday. Until then, have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Feel Good Friday. Make the world.